0: with Dr. Ishan Shu. Let's improve sleep quality and live a healthy life together. Let's go deep into sleep. And now please welcome your host Ishan. Hello, welcome to Deep Into Sleep. This is Ishan. So, because I treat insomnia in my clinical work, I often get this question that If I use CBD oil, will that help me to sleep? Or a lot of patients will say, well, I use marijuana to help me feel relaxed so I can sleep better. So in reality, from a scientific view, is CBD or vaping or these different products related to marijuana, can they really help us with sleep? Or do they do more harm than good or more good than harm? I'm always confused about this question myself. So today, I invited Dr. Hui-Chung Deng from Stanford to share her expertise in this area with us. Dr. Dong is a clinical assistant professor of psychiatry in Stanford Medicine Center. She is specializing in the treatment of alcohol and substance addiction and interventional psychiatry. Her goal is to help each patient along their journey to achieve optimal health and quality of life. Dr. Dong has both MD and PhD degree, and she does a lot of great research. So I feel like she had a lot of great knowledge in this area. And she gave a lecture to my clinic. We all felt like we learned so much from her. So I really want to pass this great information to the public. And hopefully you all can benefit from her expertise in this area. Hi, Dr. Dong. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep. Thank you so much for having me. So I know you are specialized in the treatment of substance addiction, alcohol abuse in that field, and you are in Stanford Psychiatry Department. So I'm curious, do you want to share with the audience what got you interested in the field?
1: So I think from the very beginning, I got interested in general psychiatry. And after I did some research in addiction, I found This field is just so fascinating. There's no cure so far, and there is more research needed. So that's the part most attracting to me.
0: Mm, I see. Yes, regarding the no cure, it is sometimes for the addiction field, it's difficult to find a way to really say I can totally make you recover 100%, right? Yes.
1: Yes. A lot of times I share with my patient because a lot of patients come to me with a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. I always tell them and I share my philosophy with them is that relapse is part of the recovery and I would like to help you on that
0: path. Relapse is part of recovery. I really like that. So today, I know uh, you're really good at doing research on cannabis, CBD, vaping, all these topics. So regarding that, I only have limited knowledge in that field. I heard so many different words, like often we talk about marijuana, we talk about CBD, cannabis, are they the same thing or they are actually different? I know, they are so confusing, right? Right. <laughs> so marijuana
1: is basically the herbal cannabis, which is in contrast to the chemical component of cannabis, which is called cannabinoid. So marijuana is the plant, and the chemical is called cannabinoid. And THC is the primary cannabinoid in the cannabis in the plant. So which is the psychoactive component of cannabis? Sometimes we refer it as the bad cannabinoid. And in contrast to that, CBD is sometimes referred as the good cannabinoid. It is the primary non-psychoactive component of cannabis.
0: Okay. So there are plants, there are chemicals, and there are good and bad ones. Yes. Wow. Okay. So all these different words actually they are representing different components of the same like a big branch basically. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for cannabis in general, if I just use a cannabis this words to refer this whole branch, I know in medical field, in the field what you are working in, a lot of doctors are using it to help patients. In a way, right? Also, it's legalized. Marijuana is legalized in California right now. Yes. So, can you explain in your field, in the medical field, how doctors use cannabis to help patients?
1: So, there are actually only three FDA-approved medications in the United States. They are used for refractory nausea and vomiting, anorexia, and a- cachexia related to AIDS. And cancer, and there are two forms of epilepsy disorders can be treated by one of the FDA-approved medications. The most commonly treated condition by doctors with cannabis is actually pain. So there's a product medication called Sativex, which is available in Canada, but it's not actually approved in the United States. That medication is used for pain related to multiple sclerosis and cancer. Of course, besides FDA approved medication, doctors use off labor use medication or products. In the United States, they are nearly 10% of cannabis users report using it for medicinal purposes. So, I would like to cite a recently published paper, which is Medical Use of Cannabis in 2019, published in JAMA. To summarize this, insufficient evidence exists for the use of medical cannabis foremost conditions for which its use is advocated. Physicians may be appropriately reticent to recommend medical cannabis for their patients because of the limited scientific evidence supporting its use or because cannabis remains illegal in federal law.
0: Mm. Okay, so sounds like cannabis can be used in treating certain type of medical conditions. You mentioned treating pain. I know that's possibly one of the most common usage of cannabis or marijuana, not only in medical field, but also for the general public. A lot of patients, they may just go to buy marijuana or something to eat or smoke to help them numb themselves to feel less pain. I also know somnia patients may use CBD oil to help them to sleep. In your opinion, is that really helpful to use CBD or marijuana to help to manage either pain or insomnia or even anxiety? Yeah, so CBD
1: is gaining a lot of awareness now. It is found it's not addictive, which is great, compared to the THC, which is actually addictive. So CBD can be useful for conditions such as anxiety, insomnia, chronic pain, but there are a few caveats I would like to point out. It is very difficult to dose because so far we do not have a golden standard of dosing, and a lot of times it's commonly mixed with THC. So be aware that Currently, CBD products are not FDA-regulated. It's actually monitored by Department of Agriculture. So whatever is on the label may not be as accurate as pharmaceutical company made FDA-approved medications. And there are side effects related to CBD, too. For example, I mentioned earlier, this medication Epidiolex, specifically made for two real forms of epilepsy, the side effects, for example, insomnia, is actually up to 11%. So those are a few things we would like to keep in mind. And lastly, if you are taking other medications, CBD may have some interaction with the medications. So you may want to talk with your doctors, or at least tell your doctor you are also taking CBD products.
0: Mm. Oh, it's good to know that actually CBD, if it's pure CBD, it's not addictive, THC is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I worked in the substance abuse, like psychological treatment center before, the test target on the THC component. Yeah so but sounds like it's really hard to tell them apart there's no so called pure cbd on the market uh, uh, for public use
1: right right the probably the most uh, the purest product so far in the market is the fda approved medication Epidiolex that's for
0: the two real forms of epilepsy. Mm. But that's the medication you mentioned. Insomnia actually could be one of the side effects of it. Yeah, and
1: up to 11%. That's a big proportion of the patients, right?
0: Right, Mm -hmm. right. It can possibly like trigger some people's symptoms of insomnia. Right. Interesting. Yeah, and also when we treat insomnia, I think we talk about for marijuana use, it actually does something to disrupt our sleep quality. Mm hmm, mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you think as audience, you really want the audience to know about CBD usage?
1: The bottom line is do not smoke or vape. So, because they are a lot of CBD oil actually used by vaping, right? Hmm. So, because there are a lot of uh, side effects related to vaping, so the first one is you would be, depending on the vaping products you use, you would be exposed to nicotine or THC, or the mix of nicotine and THC, and uh, they are vaping components produced by the devices, the vape pain, right, Mm. and they are also risks of the actual devices.
0: Mm, okay, so just don't do that. So the bottom line is if you
1: want to use cannabis, CBD products, do not smoke,
0: do not vape. Mm. And what's the better way? To eat it?
1: Yes. So edibles, for example, from harm reduction perspective, is mm. less harmful.
0: Oh, okay. That's good to know. Okay. So bottom line is no smoking, no vaping. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just be careful how you use it. hmm Okay. Great. So since we are talking about vaping, I know a lot of young people nowadays are really into it, like the electronic cigarette, all that. So can you please explain this word, vaping? What is vaping exactly? So vaping basically
1: is to use an e-cigarette product it is commonly called vaping. As I mentioned, vaping products can be um, the mixture of CBD or THC and CBD and THC. So, mm. And also nicotine can be mixed with that too. So mm. three components may be in the vaping products, CBD, THC, nicotine. Mm.
0: All, all things that mix together could be quite harmful to our health. And sounds like it's hard for us to know what's exactly in the products. What's the percentage of each component?
1: CBD products are not regulated by FDA. Mm-hmm. The e-cigarettes is actually regulated by FDA. Okay. So there may be some overlapping gray area. I see. If that makes any sense.
0: Okay. So the regulation is slightly different. I know we have a lot of young audience actually listening to this podcast, so I want to use this chance to really learn from you the vaping, the e-cigarette usage, any pros and cons from professionals, from the medical research that has been established or what we are knowing about it. Are
1: you talking about for all adults or for young adults or for different age groups? Mm,
0: Good question. Yeah, so is there any difference? What about pros and cons for young adults, for example?
1: So for, as I mentioned, the potential adverse effect of e-sig, including the exposure to nicotine THC, those are addictive components, Mm -hmm. and they are vaping components produced by the devices may be harmful. Mm. For example, there is a recent epidemic of EVALI which is short for e-cigarette or vaping product use associated lung injury. So as of November 2019, per the CDC data, there are already 48 deaths have been confirmed in 25 states as of the CDC data. Mm, and also there are risks of the actual devices.
0: Okay. So both the product and the device could yes. could cause quite a lot of harm. Mhm.
1: Uh-huh. So those adverse effects are harmful to all age groups, mm. but keep in mind young adults may be more vulnerable to those side effects. And other specific concerns in young adults in this specific age group include nicotine dependence and normalizing smoking behavior, which may contribute to conventional cigarette use later on. So it could be viewed as a gateway drug.
0: Oh, okay. So even if people use e-cigarettes, use vaping to, in order to stop smoking, the traditional conventional cigarettes it may actually lead to more usage later
1: yeah so for people who's already addicted to cigarette smoking vaping can be used as a harm reduction method to quit smoking but for a lot of young people that may not be the issue they may not be already addicted to cigarettes, to nicotine. A lot of them may be using it out of curiosity, mm. out of peer pressure. Mm. They just wanted to try it or to relax themselves or different reasons. So, yes. if you're not a cigarette user already, but using it as a recreational way, so they are pitfalls to be aware so it may be a gateway to mm. be addicted to nicotine to be addicted to conventional smoking cigarette smoking
0: mm, okay so when you start using e-cigarette it may lead to something more even if you are not addicted from the beginning wow that's good to know so all these reasons you mentioned i guess that's what make younger adults or teenagers more vulnerable to the adverse effects of it
1: yeah, so the adverse effects are harmful to everybody, mm-hmm. and because the young bodies may be more vulnerable to those harmful effects. And another thing, if they are not already addicted to nicotine, that may be a way to be addicted. Mm-hmm. So okay. instead of people who's already addicted to nicotine trying to use uh, vaping as a way to quit smoking, so kind of in you know, a reverse order.
0: Right. That's interesting. I never thought about that direction because I I think I hear more the normal way people try to use it to quit smoking, right? I never thought about, well, if you just start using it out of curiosity, it actually may lead to addiction later. Wow. Okay. Good to know for the younger audience. So I know as healthcare providers, you see a lot of patients, I see a lot of patients and vaping, e-cigarette and the CBD, all these topics come up here and there. What are some suggestions or what do you normally tell your patients if they come to you and uh, somehow vaping rise up in the conversation and they ask for your suggestion?
1: For vaping itself, the first thing is that it gets your lungs exposed to the harmful components. So the bottom line is do not vape. Do not vape. Right. Do not Mm -hmm. smoke. Do not vape. There are ways, for
0: example, use edibles if you choose to use it. Mm, For both nicotine or CBD or cannabis. Yes, in general. In general. Okay. Mm -hmm. I see. I'm curious, any of your patients ever said no to that suggestion? Yes, if they're not ready to change, right? Okay. So
1: yeah. a lot of the times we use motivational interview skills trying mm. to get patients to that stage. Mm. Okay.
0: I guess just by laying out all the pros and cons side effects and how people understand what's behind it possibly quite helpful to help them make decisions.
1: Yes. My philosophy is to give them my knowledge and um, they can make an informed decision. Mm -hmm.
0: That's awesome. I really like that. So eventually you are helping your patient to make their own decision based on all the evidence, all the information. You are not forcing a decision on them that won't last long.
1: Right. We all know that wouldn't work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And possibly not work at all. (laughs) Yeah. Great. I really like that. I learned a lot about vaping and CBD, all that from you. So anything else, your bottom line is very clear. Any last thing about vaping, you really, if there's any, you want to let the audience know.
1: I want to share that some people are actually more likely to develop problems when they use cannabis, THC, CBD products, specifically people with personal or family history of psychosis or substance use problems. So again, if using, consider non-smoking, non-vaping methods, If you choose to smoke cannabis, avoid inhaling deeply or holding your breath. Mm. And another thing is avoid use daily.
0: Okay, so the method, you use it, if you have to use it, if you have family history, you want to be more cautious how you use it and how frequently you use it.
1: Yeah, for some of the people, they are just at a higher risk to Mm. develop problems, addiction, Maybe part of it, yeah mm-hmm. aside from um, the health adverse effects we already talked
0: about, right, right, yeah, just like many other medical conditions, including sleep disorders, if you have like certain people are more likely to develop those risks or symptoms. Yes, right. huh. great, yeah, so before we end, because personally, I work with a lot of sleep patients. Anything you want to talk about, anything you want to let the audience know between, you know, what we talk about today, vaping, cannabis, CBD, and sleep?
1: More and more people are gaining awareness and are trying to get the benefit of using, right? Mm -hmm. So I think those are the things I would recommend you to keep in mind medication interactions. You may want to talk with your physicians. At least share with your physicians you have been using those products. It's very important. And also, even you think is the purest CBT in the market, be sure. And actually, it's very hard to be sure. Maybe I have had patients coming to me. They were telling me this is very reliable products he or she's been using. But then the urine toxicology screen turns out to be THC positive. So that's maybe a way to monitor the mm. products. You can do those tests.
0: To really help yourself understand. Yeah, what okay. is really
1: in the product. Because yeah. a
0: lot of times
1: the label may not be accurate.
0: Right. As I remember before when you gave the lecture, you also mentioned some products like hair products and shower products can even contain some of these components without people being aware. Yeah, that could be.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. Wow. So we, we have to watch out what we are using and if we are using one of the products for some purpose, we may want to do some tests regularly to check it out. Okay. So you cited a lot of good research, and I'm wondering if the audience want to learn more or read more about this topic, is there any more reliable resources they can refer to and they can go to? Yes.
1: So I would recommend the website by the United States government. It's called drugabuse.gov, and you can search specifically the topic on marijuana. There are a lot of information reliable information on that website is supported by NIDA.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I will put that website on the show notes. Mm -hmm. And I will also put the title of the two articles you cite to the show note. So people, when they listen to your show, they can also read those information.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's another website I really like. It is cannabisandpsychosis.ca. C stands for Canada. Mm-hmm. So this is a website supported by the, the Schizophrenia Society of Canada. Oh, okay. They have a bunch of very relevant information on this website. Very helpful.
0: Okay, great. You mentioned earlier about the relationship between cannabis and psychosis, population with psychosis, right? Great. That's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for your time and coming to the show. Thank you for the opportunity. So that's my conversation with Dr. Deng. I learned a lot from her. How about you? I hope you learn a lot too. So no matter whether you are considering of using these products or you are using or your family, friends are using, hopefully, you learned from what Dr. Deng shared or recommended. Please get enough full around information before you make your final decisions. As adults, we all want to make our own decisions and take the consequences. Every decision, every behavior has a consequence. So that's why we want to be cautious when we make a decision that may impact our health. We want to know enough information and not just blindly jump into it or just trust the advertisement out there, say, oh, this is helpful. We want to know more pictures around before doing it. So that's today's episode. Again, I'm Ishan. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Deep Into Sleep. If you want to know more about our work, our show, welcome to come to our website, deepintosleep.co. You can find the show note at deepintosleep.co forward slash episode forward slash 022. If you need treatment for insomnia and you want to try out this evidence-based treatment called CBT-I, which is CBT for insomnia, welcome to my website at mindbodygarden.com to read more about our insomnia treatment group. Well, thank you very much for today's journey and look forward to seeing you next week. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who is struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia.